Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chase Report. I'm Xander. Today we are joined by Mitch McTaggart, the host of The Backside of Television and The Year of Television in Review on SBS. Thank you so much for joining us, Mitch. Hello and thank you. And today we're going to talk about the 50th anniversary of a program that's very close to our hearts. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. None of the medical advice contained in the Chaser Report should legally be considered medical advice. The Chaser Report. Recently, one of our favourite programs has had a very special anniversary. It's been 15 years of a current affairs and we are joined by Mitch McTaggart to talk about one of Australia's greatest ever programs. Hello. Did you say 15 years or 50? 50? It's 50. It's definitely 50. I mean, it, it would be... Uh, hang, it's, on. It's, it's hang on. It's not 50. Well, that means it's older than me. I'm, yeah, I'm well, ancient. So even even before we get into the into the details of it, I just I just want to clarify a few more things. So like fifty, because it's that that itself is a stretch because it technically hasn't been on air for fifty years. It's only been on air for forty because there was a period from seventy eight to eighty eight where it was off air completely, mm. and then the original run of it, which arguably was probably an entirely different show mm. to begin with, was only on air for eight. So we're already down to 33 <laughs> years of a current affair yes. in its like current iteration. And, and also, I, I don't know about you, Mitch, but when I was growing up, it wasn't called a current affair. It was called the Willacy Report, wasn't it? Well, I think that this is where it gets so confusing because mm. there's been so many um, of those kinds of shows and a lot of them chaired by Willacy that it's just like, well, <laughs> what the fuck one are you hosting now? And like... It, yeah. So, so for, for our younger audience, and that would be anyone under about the age of 70, I think. Um, <laughs> it, it, and certainly I don't think Xander would have been alive when it happened. But Mike Willacy was... He was sort of like the biggest host in Australian television during the 1980s. He was just... He was absolutely... He was sort of... Ray Martin on steroids. He was Tracy Grimshaw, but, you know, absolutely. It was the golden era of television. And he, I mean, do you want to describe it, Mitch, how he exploded his career? Do you, well, do, do you remember? Well, were, were you there? Were you, did you, were you alive when that happened? I was, I was totally not there. Um, oh. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was alive during the, uh, the 80s era of a current right. affair. Yeah. Um, but how old do you think I am? <laughs> I don't know, but but I'll just tell. I'll just just before we move on, I'll just it, it describe what happened to Mike Willisy, which is he was on top of the world. Like he had his own fucking named TV show every night on television, the, the Willisy Report. And then one night he got really, 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 really drunk, <laughs> like really drunk, like even drunker than I have ever been. Right, that drunk, <laughs> right. And he went on air, drunk, and started just giggling and he was just a wreck. Like, he was just... So it's like the movie network just completely destroying himself. Yeah, and I think he even sort of like... I think that night he had like Bob Hawke on as a guest or something like that, as the Prime Minister. 
And he just giggled all the way through it. And they kept on. That's right. And 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 everyone was ringing up each other, going, "You got to turn it to Channel Nine. This is amazing. This is the greatest moment in Australian television." <laughs> Because I think they ended up, didn't they just end up going to ads and there were just five-minute stretches of ads just to sort of hide the fact that he was there? <laughs> On his trusty old corner. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be laughing, but I'd already thought of something funny to say. And can I start this all again? I, I can't remember the um, the broadcast itself, mm. but the that they did actually play that clip of like the the most notorious bit of him mm. being drunk and stuff in the 40th anniversary package right. for a current affair which yeah. they they played up so it's interesting that they're kind of viewing it now as a <laughs> yeah. whoops <laughs> like whoopsie a, daisy <laughs> yeah yeah whereas at the at the time it was a total oh, utter just, fucking disaster yeah it was and, a scandal because nothing was allowed on tv back then like you weren't yeah. even allowed to say whoopsies like that was too rude oh uh, i yeah. i th- and i think tv is is better now purely mm. because we can say whoopsie now yeah so so but the question is so how many years are we celebrating of aca look I think it depends how you want to splice it. I'm personally celebrating 33 years mm. because I think <laughs> yeah. I think that's the that's fair. Um, yeah, because it, it's the modern iteration of it. And I mean, people who are even more hardcore current affair, and I, I don't know who those people would be, mm. would probably split it up again in the into the Tracy Grimshaw era because that was when it I think really kind of ramped up into that modern, super modern, um, mm. supercharged. Uh, Outrage fest that probably is today, I think. Mm. So, shall we restart the episode? Welcome back to the Chase Report, <laughs> and we're celebrating 50 years of the trademark, which is a current affair. <laughs> yeah, and now, yeah. and Mitch, do you know, is it true that there is actually an American version and it's just an imported format? Is that true? I don't know. I'm. I'm not like we steal from everybody. So I mean, yeah. did 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 we steal that from them, or did they steal from us? I don't know. I, I yeah. don't know. Who knows? Nobody I knows. Mean, yeah, there's because we, we've ripped off sixty minutes, and yeah. that's that. That's an easy one. But yeah. uh, I mean, I would love to see the American current affair version and see if it's as as white goods heavy as our one. <laughs> well, I mean, there was like. For many years, Mike Willisy, I know, got paid a license fee uh, for the use. Even after he got drunk and disgraced, he then had to leave Channel Nine. But then he, they had to pay him a license fee for the format rights to right. a current affairs show, which is like, well, how? What is the format of that? <laughs> like you run sensational, occasionally racist, usually classist pieces of shit. At 6.30 at night. Wow, what a genius. I don't understand how that would work. What a minefield to be the legal team there. And the legal <laughs> team generally for that show. I mean, Christ, they have they get their money's worth out of that. That's mm. for sure. A, a thing I was going to say, though, like the, mm. the, um, the thing that kind of prompted my awareness of the mm. 50th anniversary in how they're measuring it is um, that they posted about it. On, on social media, like, what's your favourite story in the 50 years of a current affair? But why would anyone... W- <laughs> never ask a question on a billboard at ground level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, because yeah. people are just going to deface it and, and pile on about it. <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing that really shocked me about it was the replies were maybe 50-50, positive-negative. Yes. Which was, uh, yes. like, 
balanced. It shows you that there's a lot of people that I don't like on social media. (laughs) (laughs) The other big one that I remember was, you know, the neighbours, I mean, the trope was neighbours from hell, but there was Mm. the original neighbours from hell. Which were just fucking hilarious because it was like... Was this the Paxton family? Or there was the Paxton... Oh, no, that was different. That was the unemployed. That was... That was the, you got to tell the Paxton story. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, the, the Paxtons were pretty notorious. So in, in 1996... I don't even know how they came across the Paxtons, mm. but uh, they, they ran a story... Ca- central casting, maybe? <laughs> yeah, probably. Where the there was a family who did not want to work they they decided that they didn't want to be employed they'd rather not work and just have, live off benefits in a in a low income kind of capacity living uh, the aussie dream yeah totally <laughs> is this what like news corp depicts is the labor party look sure probably <laughs> who knows uh but then what what happened was they they uh flew the paxton kids off to this resort in queensland or whatever <laughs> like, super nice resort i don't remember and, this and and, <laughs> really? and offered yeah, and offered them jobs that they pretty much knew they would not take. Mm. Um, and, and so then it kind of became more of an outrage machine where it was like, oh, look, they get offered jobs and they turn them down even in an idyllic uh, paradise and stuff. Yeah, but you'd be cleaning shit off a bed for something. <laughs> like, it's a hotel. It'd be disgusting. <laughs> and like, I, I don't want to um, uh, belittle hotel staff, but I, I mean, they current affair deliberately... Uh, found employment that would be unsuitable for them personally. Yeah, it was. It, they got everybody on board uh, who was uh, an old boomer at the time to mm. like come on and, and and drum up the outrage about you know young kids these days. They're terrible. They suck. God, they're pieces of shit. And and they just pummeled them into the ground. It was terrible. Mm. Mm. But great and, television. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Chaser Report. News a few days after it happens. Yeah, they were the sort of quintessential... It was it was a sort of encapsulation of the dull bludger... That, Absolutely. That had been sort of there in the zeitgeist, you know, I think John Howard was, had run big on it throughout the 1980s. Mm. The Libs had unsuccessfully run an election after election saying the whole problem with Australia is dole bludging because it was sort of at a time of quite high unemployment and things like that. And so it was victim blaming for, you know, just coming out of recession. And, uh, yeah, the Paxtons copped it. So. Totally, and a cup. Just a fun fact, kind of unrelated. A couple of years later, John Safran uh, did this um, uh, practical joke thing on Ray Martin, where he went to his house uh, with one of the Paxton kids. I can't remember who it was, <laughs> um, and uh, and just uh, accosted Ray Martin in the same way that that the show itself had accosted the Paxton kids. And um, Ray Martin was apparently so furious that that sketch in a pilot. Never eventuated, like the series never eventuated because of race wow. contacts. It's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty full on. But also that kind of brings me to 
the hosts of the show, especially in mm. the modern era, your Ray Martin, Mike Munro, Tracy Grimshaw kind of people, is that there has to be at least some level of awareness of the content you're presenting. I'm surprised that Ray Martin was so surprised that it had kind of bit him on the ass so much. Mm. Like, what were you expecting? Like, mm. you're 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 perpetuating and pushing forward these stories of outrage and and classism and racism and all that kind of stuff. And and what that that's one blowback, <laughs> big fucking deal. Like, it's which is also like the uh, the segment that we that we did on the backside of television, uh, specifically about a current affair and more specifically the all Asian mall story, which is another one of the classic kind of terrible. Oh, what's terrible this, things? What's the All Asian Mall? So the, the All Asian Mall uh, in <laughs> doesn't in, sound in, good. <laughs> in, in 2012, um, a uh, the, the 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 story went that uh, a bunch of people were getting uh, a bunch of white shop owners, sorry, group, Aussie bachelor shop owners, were being booted out of a shopping mall in Sydney and replaced with Asian-run businesses or Asian-themed businesses, mm. and so therefore it was becoming an All Asian Mall. You know, the, the suburb's going all Asian now. It's terrible. What's going to happen to us hardworking Australians? When it was later discovered after the broadcast that of all of the shops, there'd be maybe about 50 shops in the, in the, in the centre. Mm. Four of them were changing to, um, to an Asian-themed kind of um, you mm. know, supermarket, gross or whatever. Mm. And, uh, Imagine what they'll do when they find out about Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm surprised they haven't done it. They've had 50 years to figure that out. First tonight, the battle between Aussie shopkeepers and the centre management who are kicking them out to make way for businesses that directly target the suburb's Asian population. I think it'll be pretty much like an Asian invasion. I don't like it. I get angry about it and it shouldn't be happening. Ah, uh, stop worrying. Yeah, just stop worrying. They're not turning the whole shopping centre into Asian. This would never be allowed in any other country. Welcome to the Great Mall of China. All Asian Mall was one of the few times where uh, a current affair were absolutely taken to task. They had no support for that one. And it was, it was, mm. I think it was quite significant in their history because most of the times they could kind of argue, well, it wasn't really that racist or mm. blah, 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 blah. We can justify it. Mm. But this one... It, they fell off the tightrope entirely and it was the only time up until that point where the ACMA had um, ruled that they'd breached the broadcast code. Wow. It was a big deal and and the fact that I'm I mean I'm not expecting everybody to remember it but like it's 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 so it, it is such a stain on their um, on mm. their history mm. and it's also just so appallingly awful. Yeah. Oh my god, it just makes me furious. Did, did anyone note that as their favorite story in the Twitter? Well, response? I did. <laughs> <laughs> they have such an appalling record though, and one of the fascinating things I found about the backside of television was just how much a current affair had fueled the anti-vaxxer debate over the last decade. A lot of it as well. I I tended to focus a bit more on the more the race stuff, but there's definitely the um, anti-vax side as well because anyone gets a platform because there's... And this is also the other kind of thing that I realised in watching so much A Current Affair is that no one on the show, on, on these kinds of shows, is ever explicitly racist. It's 
that the, the bigger thing is that there's a drive to merely produce half an hour of content a day <laughs> and they don't have time to think about the subtleties or the, the, the nuances of how their content is coming across. And, and so like the, they've just got to go at it with a sledgehammer and then there's our story, mm. who cares? And mm. so I, I, I never think there's any maliciousness in it, which is malice or whatever, but it's of course like producing that amount of content, you're eventually going to start a, a alienating groups of people. I mean, that's just, it's statistics, not so much blatant racism, if that makes sense, because- Isn't the art of storytelling is, you know, there's a goodie and a baddie. Sure. And so suddenly, you know, if you and sub-editorially, you sort of go, well, who are our baddies? And yeah, no, look, that, that's that's fair. <laughs> but I think also primarily, it's how can we how can we make a goodie and baddie story as quickly as we possibly yes, can? Yes. Because I I think I'm reasonably sure no one in their right mind would would consciously plot out a story and go, oh. Asians are pushing everybody out of of a shopping center. Like already, that's that's so fucked. It would be fucked. To Did a we check the executive producer wasn't Pauline Hanson? <laughs> well, she was interviewed for the segment, um, which is which is they're not being actively racist. They're they're going and picking someone who they know will give them a soundbite in the time they have to put the story together. Mm. And, I, and I know how that sounds. Obviously, the, it doesn't really matter what their intention is because at the end of the day it was still fucking racist and that's mm. that's what's important but i think that when they go into a lot of these stories it's just kind of like well let's let's fucking do anything what lies ahead for the next 50 years oh i don't know i don't know you know I, I, it's such a much, dynamic format <laughs> yeah where can we where can we take it? Yeah, there, yeah. There's so many directions that it can go and it's so exciting. Another 50 years for current affair. What is the rating status? Like, is it true that it's going it, up? It's it's audience. <laughs> what? It's going up. No. <laughs> no. No, but is it true that its audience is essentially dying out? That it's basically blue collar baby boomer type people who've always had it on in the background and then so, out yet dying? Yeah, it, it's it still rates regularly in the top ten shows every night. Oh. That's that's still a thing. But the audience as a whole, in terms of what who, who's watching free to air, is diminishing. Yeah, especially right. the age group of a current affair. But in, at least for now, um, ratings wise, it's it's never been better. It's a juggernaut. It, yeah, it, it truly is. And mm. and why would why would they change that format? Because look at the ratings. We can manage putting six shows per week on air so let's keep fucking doing it and, and until someone tells us to stop Wait or until the ACA gets more power when's the sixth one saturdays they've got a saturday current affair yeah oh, fuck. <laughs> i've really <laughs> gotta i've gotta turn my channel nine back on don't i i mean who who's got time to watch a saturday a current affair <laughs> fuck's sake so mitch just before you leave if you mm. had to pitch an a current affair story from your life right now <laughs> what would it be? Well, actually, I I was quite prepared to be featured on A Current Affair as a result of my criticism of it on the backside of television mm. to the point where I would I was thinking about what I would do if I was suddenly like had a camera in my face and I was like walking to work or whatever because like you don't know how people are going to react when mm. you you know write a seventeen minute criticism about how racist they are <laughs> and. And so, I mean, it never happened. But uh, I think I would love to be described by Tracy Grimshaw as like a national disgrace or something. 
because I think that just the phrase national disgrace mm. is such a current affair, yes. um, current affair thing. Like I'd, I, it'd be a badge of honor. Like I, I would have done yes. something like, um, it's like Australian of the year. It's yeah, just, exactly. It's as yeah, yeah, iconic yeah. as that. Yeah. And it's, it's, mm. de- it's deployed so often on a current <laughs> affair and, yeah. and like, I, I would love to just fall on the wrong side of a current affair to just like a, like the Daily Mail is also kind of doing a lot of that kind of um, uh, national disgrace, outrage kind of stuff, like real petty shit. Mm. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. And like just a yeah. Daily Mail um, thing. I, I saw an article from uh, about Chris Lilly, and it was like it was a photo of him walking into a, an Australia Post. He was like posting a letter, like a normal person, <laughs> and the, and the article was um, Chris Lilly looking lonely after his show cancelled, looking sad, posting a letter. Like it's that kind of. <laughs> Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? It's just a man posting a letter. Like he just, he had to be with someone, did he? And it's like that kind of, um, just attempts at humiliation for, for content. And anyway, you just want to be humiliated. Yeah. I want, I want them to humiliate me. (laughs) Well, a very lonely Mitch McTaggart, um, (laughs) Is, uh, you know, your show on SBS is called... What's it called? The Backside of Television. I really should know that, didn't I? <laughs> no, that's fine. And there's yeah. an end-of-year special called The Last Year of Television. And has it been on for 50 years? Um, look, we're trying. It's mm. it's, been, it's getting there. Um, <laughs> it would be great to catch up with a current affair somehow if yeah. time and space doesn't work the way it normally does. Maybe you should uh, call people national disgraces more often on, on your format. <laughs> So. Yeah, I reckon I will. Mitch, it's been fantastic talking with you. Can we have you back on another time to talk about Please. something nicer than a current affair? <laughs> I would, I would love that. I'm, I'm so ready, uh, especially uh, television related. Absolutely, but you know, anything, whatever. Yeah. We can talk about cooking and. Yeah. Thank you, Mitch. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Our gear is from Rode Microphones, and we are part of the Acast Creator Network. Catch you again tomorrow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.